Well, good morning, guys. Welcome to a, a new week. It's Monday, and um, it's a beautiful Monday morning. One of those mornings where I am, uh, I remembered I didn't have a devotion posted. And so this is, if you're the type of person that listens to them around the time that they post, then I'm almost coming to you live. Uh, if I have things mapped out right, we'll make our way through the rest of the book of Philippians this week. And it's the first week of June. Uh, so if you're tracking behind a bit, you'll know that uh, you know we're starting to open up a bit from the coronavirus. Uh, but at the same time, our country is... is is burning with uh, frustration with regards to uh, yet another case of an unarmed black man being killed at the hands of police. And um, so there is the, the verse this morning seems particularly pertinent in terms of the, you know, the way that we're, we're I don't know where you live, but I live in a city that uh, was under curfew last night uh, because of unrest and, uh, and so there's there, there's a bit of anxiety that hangs in the air as well, and so this is the the verse for today or verses. It's Philippians chapter four verses six and seven. Paul says, "Don't worry about anything, don't be anxious, or be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus." So, um, you know, what a verse, right? What a, what a, I love the practical counsel in Paul's letters. It's what I long for as I read, you know, Paul's letters. And as I read the word of God, I, I long for the rubber meets the road passages. And this is one of them. This is a command, not an option. Um, worry about nothing, be anxious for nothing. And I, I think the point that's being made here is that when we choose to occupy our minds and, you know, with or over occupy our minds and fixate on any issue, that we end up barging into an area, we intrude into an area that belongs to God alone. It, it, it's like we're five year old children in the household, but we are demanding to tell the father of the household what concerns we have or how anxious we are over something. It, we're, we're, we're taking the burden of the household on ourselves as a child. And, it, and, and when we worry, it makes us the father instead of the child. And so Paul says that, that the answer to the anxiety and the, and the worry that we feel, and, and worry is literally just, a, it's, it's an obsession over an issue that with concern and Paul says that the answer the solution to it is to pray he says if we're going to worry about nothing then we have to pray about everything and um, and so you go what is the proper subject of prayer and the, the response is everything there aren't some areas of your life that God's concerned with and other areas that he's not you can pray you should you're commanded to pray about everything so if you're thinking a thought uh, you know, it's something that's worth bringing to the Father in prayer. And he, he unpacks, you know, he says that you're supposed to come to the Father with prayer and supplication or, or 
and what's the difference? You know, they're, they're, is it the same? Th- How are these things different? Well, supplication is directly asking God for something. And prayer is the overall word for a commu- communicating with God. And so I want you to imagine a relationship with someone you love, a, a friend, a spouse, a parent, a child, whatever it may be, and imagine that your entire relationship with them is you just asking them for things. And we sometimes, I think, erroneously believe that our prayer life is just asking God for stuff. But really, our entire prayer life is... is it's conversation, it's, uh, it's intercession, it's, um, it, is, it is just adoring him for who he is, it is confessing the, the darkness of our heart, it's thanking him for all that he does for us, and it's, it's asking him to act on our behalf. It, is, it involves supplication, and when we're worried, of course we have to ask him, we have to make supplication, we have to ask him to do something about it. Um, and so, uh, it says that he wants to know, let your request be made known to God because he wants to know, he wants, wants to know everything on your heart, not because he doesn't already know, but because he loves to hear it from us. Um, and he does for some reason, some, there's some mystery in heaven. There are, there just are some things, uh, that he will wait for us to, to ask him for. I don't quite understand that. Again, it's a mystery, but there are just some things for which heaven waits. And uh, I think the with thanksgiving part is great because I think it guards us against that kind of whining spirit that, uh, you know, I know when I was a kid, I whined a lot. I know my kids whined a lot, you know, and the voice goes up a bit and it there's just that tone in it that's like fingers on a chalkboard. And I think when we add thanksgiving, it brings our voice down to conversational tone where it's, you know... It, it, it keeps us from the complaining spirit. So I want to, I want to, you know, switch to verse seven though, and just, uh, uh, just say something about peace, the peace that passes all understanding. Um, what I love about this is it doesn't say that it just passes the understanding. It doesn't mean that it can't be, it doesn't mean that it's senseless. It doesn't mean that it's impossible to understand, um, it, it, what it means, it's beyond our ability to, to explain it, to understand it and explain it, to be able to go, this is what I'm feeling and, you know, and why I'm feeling it and I can explain it readily to you. It has to be experienced. And Paul doesn't say that it just surpasses the understanding of a, of a person who's not a believer, like the worldly man who's like, I don't understand why you have peace. Now, I've heard that a lot from people who aren't believers. You know, I, I don't understand, you know, there's the calm that you have in this situation. Um, Paul isn't just saying that this peace goes beyond the understanding of that person. It, it, he says it surpasses all understanding. Even the godly person can't comprehend the peace that they have. And I have often been in the situation where I cannot understand or comprehend why I feel a peace in a certain situation that I don't even think I should. And I've been in one very recently. And the thing about this is Paul uses a word uh, that's, that's a, a militaristic word. He says that, that that thing that we can't really understand, this peace of God, um, will guard our hearts and will, will make for us a place of 
safe refuge, a place of uh, a castle, a strong tower. And um, I, I can tell you that when people, when I'm around people who there seems to be there seems to be some almost like a you know they're a, a loss of control you know they're out of their minds their hearts have gone crazy um, exploding in 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 uh, in unrighteous anger to me it's often connected to the absence of of the peace of God in their life that guards the heart uh, and mind and when you lose that it's usually pretty obvious just as it's obvious when somebody has this peace so um, you know, look, I said all that, that's eight and a half, nine minutes just to say this. I pray this morning for you, as you're hearing these words, that the peace of God that can't be the deep peace of God that can't be understood by the godly or the ungodly would guard your heart. And so father, we ask in Jesus name that we'd be anxious about nothing, but we'd pray about everything with thanksgiving. That we bring you both our just our conversation, just, to, just our, our, our desire to talk with you as well as our requests and that your peace that passes all understanding would guard our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. And Maranatha.